True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, among others. They'll do all of that so you can do literally anything else. You have better things to do with your free time than focus on your lawn care. Let True Green take care of all the hard work it takes to get a great lawn while you take care of everything else on your to-do list. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you, let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. High drive, center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. How should you draft your team from each draft slot in a 12-team league? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today. Frank Sample and Scott White here. No Chris Towers as he is out on fantasy football duties. Of course, NFL free agency has begun, so it is a very busy time in the football world. It's also a very busy time in the fantasy baseball world. I don't know if Chris Towers realizes that. Scotty Dubs, what's going on, Scott? How's life? Good, good. It's never the, everything is second place to fantasy football, Frank. You know that. No, 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 no. We don't. No, I mean the world might actually operate like that, but this is this is the world of fantasy baseball today. So we don't we operate. Better. We don't we know better. We don't operate under those assumptions. We fantasy baseball number one here in our hearts <laughs> and in our minds. Uh, I was talking to you beforehand, and I am pretty much all drafted out for fantasy baseball. So what did I decide to do? Let's let's make a bunch of draft picks today on the show, Scott, and, and figure out how should you draft from each draft pick. This is something that I have done in the past. I uh, haven't done a podcast on it here yet, but I have found people are very receptive to it. So much like the strategies discussion that we had last week, let us know what you think about this. It's I think it's the first time that you, you've done it here on, on the Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Scott. So we are going to literally look at each draft slot. We're going to start at pick one. Work all the way up to 12. We're going to tell you how you should draft your team, ideally based on ADP, in rounds one, two, and three for head-to-head points, roto, and head-to-head categories. So let's dive right in because we have a lot of draft picks to make. And we will start, of course, with the first overall pick, Scott. And I assume that your first pick will be Ronald Acuna because he is number one in all of our rankings. He is, I think, among those early rounders, the, the early first rounders who can contribute stolen bases. He's the safe bet for a really high stolen base total. I think you could make a case for Tatis or Betts or Soto to go number one, but I go Acuna, yeah. Yep, I wouldn't be mad at anyone if you wanted to make the argument for any of those other hitters that you just mentioned, Scott. The ATC projections from our guy, Ariel Cohen, you can find those on Sportsline. And for Acuna, 277 batting average, 39 home runs, 117 runs, 93 RBI, 29 steals. Maybe not a pure five-category player because 
He's not technically contributing in batting average, but he's not hurting you either. And he's really awesome yeah. in the other categories. So, uh, again, Ronald yeah. Acuna, first overall for you, Scott, and he would be first overall for me. The trade-off between him and Soto is sacrifice some batting average for some steals. I like to get more steals there with that first overall pick. Based on Fantasy Pro's ADP, the best available at the 2-3 turn, Scott, would be Max Scherzer, DJ LeMayhew, Luis Castillo, Adalberto Mondesi, Jack Flaherty, Xander Bogarts, and for your sake, I included Anthony Rendon, Alex Bregman, and Corey Seager. So assuming you have Ronald Acuna on your team, what would you do next at the 2-3 turn? I feel like, you know, it kind of depends on how the picks have played out to that point. But if people approach starting pitcher the way they typically do in a Roto League, um, I'd probably look to go pitcher-pitcher here. Now, it's interesting. I, I actually haven't drafted on this side that often, so I haven't had a chance to really play this out. You know I love drafting Bregman and uh, Rendon in round three. You know, usually I'm picking more toward the middle or end of round three, though. You know, I love drafting Corey Seager in round three most of all. His ADP is actually... uh, No, it's it's in the same range, yeah. Uh, So that would be tempting. Corey Seager would be tempting. I think he's a first-round caliber bat. I think all three of those have the potential to be but it's nice that you already have steals a pretty good head start there with Acuna. And, um, I, I'd, I'd be most worried about what your second and third starting pitcher looks like if you don't take two here. So that would look like what Scherzer. You're probably looking at like Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Clayton Kershaw. Um, I, I don't think I'd reach for anybody beyond that group. Cause I think the top pitcher after that for me is Kenta Maeda, mm-hmm. which, you know, you could maybe get him in round four, potentially even later. I know some sometimes he gets pushed down because other starting pitchers go ahead. So I think it would be reaching to go beyond Scherzer, Flaherty, Kershaw. Uh, any chance Luis Castillo makes it here? I guess there's a chance. Yeah, he would be here too, based on ADP. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's like that's probably where I draw the line at starting pitcher in a roto league. If you can get two of them, great. If not, probably go Seager here and um not worry so much about getting stolen bases with with Acuna already in the bag. Yep, I agree completely. Take Ronald Acuna first overall. I would like to get two starting pitchers again. This is from the first overall pick in a roto draft. If I can wind up with Acuna, Flaherty, Castillo at 1, 24, and 25. Picks 1, 24, and 25. I'm happy with that. Let's move over to head-to-head points. The first overall pick. We all have starting pitchers ranked first, so I I, I assume that's where we go, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a different starting pitcher ranked first. I have yeah, Bieber. Each of us. <laughs> I'm not the only one in the world who ranks Bieber first of the three. The other two, of course, being Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole. Uh, I've seen a few other people do it. For me, it really comes down to I, I see Cole and DeGrom, the, the last two years have shown this. They're more like six to seven inning pitchers, which is still great, doing it as consistently as they do. But Bieber's more like a seven to eight inning pitcher. And that affects everything. Um, not the least of which is his win potential. You know, part of the reason DeGrom's wins have been disappointing is because he's not pitching as deep into games as, as like a Bieber is. So... And, and of course, it affects win, uh, uh, strikeout total. It affects impact of ERA and WHIP. You know, obviously, if we're talking about a points league context, you're not worried about ERA and WHIP, but you are worried about innings just because you know 
but they're worth three points each. So that's why I go Bieber above those other two. But they're all really good. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't argue with you too much if you took Cole or DeGrom instead. All right, so you're going Bieber. I'm taking uh, Garrett Cole. Either way, we're taking a starting pitcher first. So I, I looked at our most recent head-to-head points mock draft, the one that we did on the podcast last week, and I'm going to use the draft results there uh, as our ADP for this because obviously Fantasy Pro's ADP is more so reflective for Roto and head-to-head categories leagues. So the best available at that 2-3 turn would look something like this. Based on the mock draft, we did Jack Flaherty as well, Corey Seager, Walker Bueller. Trevor Story somehow made it there. Maybe don't include him because we assume he'll be gone in, in most head-to-head points leagues. But Machado, Gallon, Woodruff, there's a lot of starting pitchers there, Scott. Once you have Bieber on your team first overall, are you looking to double-tap starting pitcher again? Are you looking to open your draft with three starting pitchers if you have the first overall pick in a head-to-head points league? Actually, Frank, I, I don't know. We, actually, we do have ADP for head-to-head points leagues on CBSSports.com. Okay. If you're aware of this. I can uh, I can pull that I'll, up. I'll send it to you right now. Did you not want me to do that? No, that's or did fine. You just not though it was there. Um, here it is. I didn't know yeah, if we I, had enough drafts for it to be accurate data, so that's what I was thinking about. But it looks pretty accurate offhand. I mean, uh, I haven't studied it closely, but yeah, it, it, I, I do think it's likely story would be there actually just because enough starting pitchers are, are liable to go and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, guys like Harper who walks a lot and actually may not strike out that much. Um, Lindor who doesn't strike out much. There's a good chance they'd go ahead of him. But I, you know, my approach in that recent head to head points draft was basically take all the good starting pitchers until they're gone. I stuck with it for the most part, five of my first six picks. I, I broke late in round three to get Alex Bregman, who, of course, is a points league standout with the great walk-to-strikeout ratio. Having only one at this point... Uh, again, it's the same group of starting pitchers we're talking about in the Roto form- format, right? The, the, that same foursome, Luis Castillo, Max Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Clayton Kershaw. If they're already gone, I might still want to take a starting pitcher, at least one. But I did at least be willing to consider a hitter here. And, you know, Seager again would be an MX story, of course. Uh, Rendon and Bregman, just because this is even a better format for them, I think would be in that discussion as well. I actually prefer both of them in this format to Machado. So I'd look to them before him. In a head-to-head categories league, Scott, is your mindset going to change much from what you would do in a Roto league? No, not much. So you basically said that you would take Ronald Acuna, and then uh, if two of Flaherty, Castillo, Kershaw, Scherzer fell, you would take two of those. So a similar strategy for both Roto and head-to-head categories. Uh, Before we get to the second pick, I do just want to remind everybody that we want you to compete with us in our bracket challenge game. I will be in there. Scott White will be in there. I don't know if Scott knows that he's supposed to be in there, but he will be in there. Mm-hmm. I hope Chris Towers will be in there as well, and we want you to join us as well. Uh, join us at cbssports.com slash brackets, and the winner gets a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. So yesterday I mentioned you would get an entry to the For the People Listener League. You will still get that. You will also get a $100 gift card to Paramount+. And who enters just one pool? You can create 
a group to compete against friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. You can play on the CBS Sports app or again, the link to join our bracket for this podcast, cbsports.com slash FBT brackets. Scott, the second overall pick, I'm just going to call it like it is. There's going to be a lot of crossover here between what we're talking about, uh, but let's assume that Ronald Acuna is gone. Who is the name that you are looking for next? Is it Juan Soto or is it Mookie Betts? I have Mookie Betts there because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's a safer bet for a uh, a useful steals total. Uh, I know Soto said he wants to run more this year, so hopefully he does, but that certainly has more of a track record of doing that. Pretty safe across the board, except maybe RBI, because we expect him to hit leadoff, but whatever. That's just going to be more run scored. That is correct. I pulled up the ATC projections for both Soto and Betts. I would take Juan Soto over Mookie Betts, but again, not going to knock anyone for for uh, taking either one. Soto projection, 303 batting average, 38 home runs, 110 runs scored, 112 RBI, 14 steals. Mookie Betts, 290 batting average, 33 home runs, 121 runs scored, 92 RBI, and 23 steals. So with Soto, a little bit better batting average, a little bit more pop, and more RBI. And for Betts, you're getting more steals and more runs scored. So is it the same kind of concept, Scott, when you're coming, if you have the second pick and you have Mookie Betts on your team, are you trying to double down on two starting pitchers there with picks 23 and 26 that would be in a roto draft? I am, yeah, basically doing the same thing. I think it's even less likely that I go pitcher-pitcher there because you got one guy making two picks after your second pick. And presumably by that point, Flaherty, Kershaw, Castillo, Scherzer, they'll all be gone. So I think it's very likely I'm taking Seager from this spot. Very likely. Scott, in a points league, I assume, again, we're taking one of those top three starting pitchers, one of Cole Bieber or DeGrom. Uh, same thing in the at the 2-3 turn. Are you um, you're just hoping that one of Flaherty and Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff, would you be willing to pull him up the board at that point? In a points league yeah. in round three? Even in round yeah. two, right? Just to make sure that you get another pitcher, another reliable pitcher? I mean, probably because you know, if if I'm if, if I'm pulling Woodruff that up that far, then it's more likely I'm going to take a hitter, you know, with my third pick because it's probably going to be an awesome one. But yeah, with I I can't imagine in a in a head-to-head points league, not taking a pitcher with at least two of my first three picks. Agreed. And uh, I might use all three, but I do like getting that anchor yeah. in the in the third round. That hitter that can just anchor your team, whether it's a Machado or a Seager or a Bregman or Rendon, whoever you feel best about. But, you know, pairing a another ace with uh, a DeGrom or Cole is definitely something I would be looking at if you have the second pick in a head-to-head points league. In head-to-head categories, again, I assume it's just a, very similar to what you would do in, in a roto draft, right, Scott? It's You're looking at Mookie Betts and then hoping yeah. for either two starting pitchers, but of course it depends who falls. Uh, yeah, I think in the early stages it's not going to change between head-to-head categories and and, and Roto for me. Uh, five by five, They're both 5x5 five five scoring leagues, obviously. The biggest difference is head-to-head categories. Your lineup's going to be smaller, so maybe you don't have to... You don't have to account for drafting so many hitters over the course of the draft, which maybe can 
allow you to lean into pitchers a little more. Uh, also, I'd be more inclined to punt steals in a head-to-head categories league than I would in Roto. But at the range of picks we're talking about, you know, I'm not going to pass up those obvious steals guys uh, who who deserve who need to go that high. So uh, it, it's really not even a consideration yet. So let's just when we're talking about Roto, we'll lump Roto and head-to-head categories together as just a categories league. Third overall pick. Talk about that now. Roto head-to-head categories according to ADP. Ronald Acuna and Tatis are gone, but let's assume Mookie Betts is gone. Scott, who would you take there if you have the pick between Tatis and Juan Soto? I would go Tatis over Soto. It's not with a lot of conviction, and, and it goes to the same reason I've passed up Soto to this point. I think of those four, Soto is the least likely for a big steals total. So that's that's enough to slot him fourth for me. According to the Fantasy Pros ADP, uh, pick 22... Aaron Nola is still on the board. So obviously, the further we get into the first round as we move 3-4, there will become better players available in the second round, Scott. So uh, if Aaron Nola were available for you in the second round and you have already Tatis on your team, is that just a slam dunk for you? Slam dunk, yeah. Slam dunk if if he falls. And you know if he doesn't, I think you're very good chance Scherzer's here. That would be a slam dunk. Um, fortunately, I am not so enthusiastic. Definitely not Machado, who tends to who, who might be available in this range. But even if like Lindor or Harper make it here, which is which is possible, um, I'm just I'm not convinced. I'm going to miss what they provide to me enough to pass up a st- a big starter like Nola or Scherzer. Uh, and and obviously, if we're talking about t- taking Tatis in the first round, there's no t- chance I'd take Lindor in round two anyway. Yeah, because you already have that shortstop on your team, obviously. Yeah. And then for round three, picking from the third spot, right? Yep. Seeger is hopeful. Rondon and Bregman are likely. I think Lemayhew's in that discussion too. We haven't talked about him yet. He tends to go earlier than those others, and I actually would prefer Seager to him straight up. But if for some reason Seager's already gone, LeMahieu getting that big advantage at second base at then position like that, I think he's also in the mix. But have to take a starting pitcher in round two. Could maybe go away from it in round three, especially if we're talking about a 12-team league. But you know, you're, you're going to have to go pretty heavy after at starting pitcher if you if you decide to do that, if you decide to take just one with your first three picks. For me, in a th- uh, if you have the third pick in a roto or a headset categories league, I would um, I would take bets if he fell. Obviously, uh, I have Soto ranked ahead of him, so if Soto's there, I would take Soto ahead of Fernando Tatis. But really, would like to get two starting pitchers in, in the the round two three range. And haven't mentioned it, but it, it, for me, it's because I really like the hitters that go in rounds four and five. Guys like Tim Anderson and Starling Marte and George Springer. Glaber Torres. That's why a lot of this offseason we spent talking about, you know, taking starting pitchers early. It's because I really, really like the mid-round value for hitters. So if I can get, ideally, it would be two of my top, that 12 range um, that ends with Gallen and, and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, you know, if I could get Nolan in the second and then one of those starting pitchers in the third, I would love to do so. Once you get into the Kenta Maeda conversation, I'm probably looking well, at a hitter there yeah, in the third. Yeah, I mean, part of part of the 
issue with that is I think I have Kenta Maeda quite a bit higher than you do, and I might have Carlos Carrasco quite a bit higher. So it, it you know, after that foursome of pitchers we keep talking about, Scherzer, Castillo, Flaherty, Kershaw, I got Maeda, uh, Woodruff, and Carrasco slotting in right after that. ADP shows Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now going in that same range and, and maybe pushing those guys, especially Maeda and um, and Carrasco down. So, you know, I, I think it's very likely you'll get Maeda or Carrasco in round four. Carrasco maybe even later. And that's why I might be a little more willing to take a hitter in round three in a Roto League if it came to that. You know, if it if it just if I just didn't like the value of the starting pitchers because Scherzer, Castillo, Flaherty, Kershaw, they're all gone by round three. Um, after I hopefully took one in round two, then sure, give me Seager, give me Lemayhew if he's there, give me either the two third basemen. In a head-to-head points league, again, we're still talking about the third pick. So whoever falls between Bieber and Cole and Degrom. Similar to what we said about the first and second pick, if any of those starting pitchers fall between Castillo and Flaherty, uh, you know, obviously you want to take them there in the second round. You want as many starting pitchers in a head-to-head points league, reliable ones as you could possibly get. Uh, but I don't really think it's very dissimilar than than what we said about the first and second pick. So we can move on to number four. And is this just Scott? If you have the fourth pick in a roto or head-to-head categories league, is this just whoever falls at this point between Acuna, Betts, Tatis, and Soto? I assume. Mm-hmm. In okay. that format, yeah. So you're not you're not taking Degrom or Garrett Cole over any of those four names. I don't think so. I don't think. I, I just think the overall production, counting on the steals and Soto's case, you're hoping for like a plus plus batting average. Maybe maybe it'll only be two ninety, but you know it could be three thirty. Um. So yeah, I I th- I don't think. With a top four pick, I could pass those up in a traditional five by five league as much as I want high end pitching. And so Soto would be my pick here, you know, unless Tatis or Betts last instead. And uh, much like we've said for the other picks to this point, I mean, the one that becomes available based on ADP is Walker Bueller. We've talked about Bueller a lot so far, and we are, it seems to be down on him than the rest of the industry. Scott has Walker Bueller. 12th in his rankings. I have Walker Buehler 12th and Chris actually has... At starting pitcher. At starting pitcher. At starting pitcher. Um, And Chris has Walker Buehler all the way down at 14. So we are down on him and uh, we're not going to be looking at him with this uh, 2180 piece. So we would continue to do a lot of what we have said to this point already. We're skipping over names like Bo because we think he's overvalued in this uh, second, third round range. Anyway, ideally for me, whoever falls of those top four hitters... If I, again, can get Nola or, or Flaherty, two of those, even a Kershaw, something I would be looking to do here. Head-to-head points, this is kind of where the draft starts, right, Scott? So after the big three starting pitchers, Cole, Bieber, and DeGrom, who do you take? Do you take Juan Soto fourth overall in a points league? Trout? Yep. Betts? Is Soto for you? It's, it's Juan Soto, yeah. It originally was Trout. Uh, and those are the big three hitters for this format, I think, Soto. Trout and Betts because they stand out so much for their plate discipline, which matters more than stolen bases at this format. In this format, but stolen bases are still great; they're still worth two points apiece. So, really, it was Soto's comment that uh, that he plans to steal more bases this year. Not because I necessarily trust him to steal more, but because I think that take that as a good indication he won't steal less, which was uh, always a concern of mine with him. 
and I, I think he actually has the best plate discipline of those three. Uh, when I say plate discipline, I'm talking strikeout to walk ratio specifically, not necessarily total number of walks. You know, plate discipline can can mean a few different things. Um, Trout's probably going to have the highest total number of walks, but in terms of walks to strikeouts, I think Soto might actually be the best of the three in the, that area. So I go with him number one uh, among hitters after the three pitchers are gone in head-to-head points. And I agree. I would take Soto as well. But And I shared this stat on Trout and Betts before. They are the only two hitters in the CBS scoring format over the past three years that have averaged at least four fantasy points per game in each of those years. So just super consistent elite production from Trout and Betts as well. I think Juan Soto is getting ready to to enter that category, that conversation as well. And once, if over I get... how many points per game? Over four fantasy points per game. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought I heard something different. Yeah, yeah Trout, that makes sense. Trout and Betts are the only only two hitters in general that have done that over the past three years, in each of the past three years. If I get if I get Juan Soto with my first pick in a points league, Scott, I mm-hmm. might take four starting pitchers in a row in rounds <laughs> two, three, four, and five. It, just because I feel so good yeah. about that that hitter, that first hitter that I have, even if it's a matter of pulling guys up the board in ADP, I I don't really think that I would. You're passing up on some good hitters. I realize that. Machado in round three if he falls. Story in round three. But mm-hmm. I really do think I'd be willing to take four four pitchers in a row from rounds two to five if I have Soto on my team. Yeah. I agree. I I, I will at least go so as far as to say I don't have a problem with anyone else choosing to go all starting pitchers until the good ones are gone. I'm saying there may be points in there where the hitter value is too good to pass up. Like I decided with Bregman in round three for a points league. Um, I think I think it's more likely to happen in round three than round two because I think most of the hitters that are likely to go in round three, of a, especially in a points league, but really in both formats, I value the round three hitters about as much as the round two hitters. Uh, I think they're all they're all on the verge of being round one hitters, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, and 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 then round three really starts to thin out with the starting pitchers because then you're potentially reaching. I'm potentially reaching for Maeda or Carrasco. Somebody else is going for like a Snell or Glass now, who I don't trust at their ADP. So yeah, round three is really the round in both formats where I might be the most likely to take a hitter. But, you know, the the main thing I would say about picking fourth in a head-to-head points league, provided that the big three starting pitchers go one, two, and three, like, this is not a point where I'm pulling my number four pitcher, Trevor Bauer, up. Correct. Regardless, like, I'll take my chances that there's not a huge starting pitcher run for the rest of round one and early in round two, and I'm left with Kenta Maeda as my round two ace. I'll take my chances on that because I think the... Highest end hitters are too valuable, even in a points league, to pass up at that point. And on the other side of that coin, if any of the big three starting pitchers fall to you and pick four of your head-to-head points league, you should take them, and you should feel yeah, very good obviously. about it. Yep. Uh, the fifth pick in a roto and head-to-head category context, let's assume now the top four hitters are gone, Acuna, Soto, Betts, Tatis. Is this where you start to consider Shane Bieber, who you have as your number one starting pitcher, Scott? Or would you still include Mike Trout in this mix? No, I think I'd go pitcher with my next three picks here. Um, that would be picks five, six, and seven in a roto league. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Obviously, I have Bieber first. I have DeGrom second. I have Cole third. So I'd take Bieber first because obviously I'm not getting him around two. If I rank him first, I'd take him a little out of order here uh, with pick five. And yeah, I, I, I don't see myself going for Trout. I don't see myself going for Trey Turner to get that early advantage in stolen bases. I think... I think the the scarcities built into the starting pitcher position just don't allow you for you to do that as nice as it would be. Uh, I think you'll run into problems later if you pass up the chance at a starting pitcher here. And then in round two, I think I think uh, I think it's very likely again because I don't love the second round hitters. Mm-hmm. It's very likely I'm going pitcher pitcher here. It's very likely I'm pairing up Bieber with somebody like Aaron Nola or. Potentially even Scherzer if Nola's already gone. And assuming you Darvish is gone, Lucas Giolito's gone. Um, that's probably what I'm looking at in round two. And then in round three, I'm almost certainly taking a hitter. Whether it's Seager, LeMayhew. I feel like I mentioned it all the same guys here. Seager, <laughs> LeMayhew, Bregman, Rendon. I suppose if Bo Bichette made it to this point in round three, that might be when I start to consider him because the reason he gets pushed up is because you're hoping for steals from him. I don't think he's likely for a huge steals total, but 15 to 20. Okay. I could see that. And like, there's no, there's no reason to reach for him with those first four hitters. Cause you're already getting a good steals total from them. Right. But if we're, we're in the point where we're beyond that and we're taking a starting pitcher and we don't have that early steals advantage, maybe Bichette makes sense. Want to do it in round two, but if he's there in round three, Maybe. Who would you take between Bichette and Corey Seager, Scott? In Seager. A, even in a Roto League? I think Seager's my pick for an LMVP this year. I think he's going to be amazing. I'm starting to get those vibes too, man. <laughs> he is <laughs> crushing it in the spring right now. He hit his fifth home run spring training on Monday. And man, I just think that he, while he's not going to give you any steals for that type mm-hmm. of format in a Roto or head-to-head categories, he's perfect for me in round three in a head-to-head categories because I love to punt steals. So he just fits that build perfectly, Corey Seager does. But even if he doesn't give you steals in a Roto League, I am starting to think he's just going to be a monster four-category contributor. Batting average, home runs, runs, RBI, I could all just see just massive coming from Corey Seager this year. I did want to ask, Scott, so if you, we'll just lump all these picks together. Pick five, six, and seven because assuming you take a starting pitcher in round one, what hitter needs to be available in round two where you actually consider that hitter instead of going pitcher? Because you said, well, a lot of a lot of the hitters that are in round two are similar to guys that I can get in round three. Yeah, so the main hitters that go in the early to mid-range of round two are... So you're basically talking about Cody Bellinger, Francisco Lindor, Bryce Harper. Yep. I think they're all fine. I, I do have concerns about Bellinger because of the the shoulder stuff going on with him. I think they're all fine in the second round. I, I just don't think they really meet scarcities in a way that I'd prefer to do in the early rounds, whether it's pitchers, whether it's stolen bases, whether it's batting average. Like none of them are a good bet for any of uh, go, uh, Lindor, Lindor, Bellinger, Harper. They're not going to be a zero for steals, but they're probably not going to give you a huge steals total, right? So. To me, it's not worth giving up a potential Cy Young caliber pitcher for that. Uh, so it would probably have to be like Freddie Freeman if he made it. He's not going to make it this deep into round two. Right. Uh, well, picking six, seven, and eight. Yeah, very unlikely he's going to make it this deep into round two. But if he was there, particularly if I went pitcher in round one, that would be too hard to pass up. 
let's look or, at it. Look yeah, at, that's the most likely one to fall, right? And like, obviously, Jose Ramirez, Trevor Story, they're not going to fall. I doubt it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Freeman, is, is that's the cutoff point for Scott, where, okay, if he has a mid-round, you know, mid-first-round pick in a roto or head-to-head categories league, he takes just, a starting pitcher, he would be willing to pull the trigger on Freeman. Some crazy twist of fate. Freeman falls to the middle of round two, sure. It might happen. You might be drafting in, in a league full of Scott Whites that are all taking starting pitchers and pulling them up the board. Uh, but yeah. if that happens, then uh, Freeman might be falling in your drafts. In a head-to-head points league, Scott, if we're in the middle here, again, I, I assume that, spoke about it a little bit, Big three starting pitchers are off the board. We're not pulling Bauer. We are looking at names like Soto and Trout. Those are Soto, Trout, and Betts. That's basically the the four, five, and six here, right? In a points league. In a points league. Soto, Trout, and Betts. Yeah. Four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. How about right? Once you get past that, you're still looking at Acuna and Tatis before you're taking walk. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Bauer. Right. I think so. Yeah. That 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 gets a little harder. Their plate discipline isn't great. They strike out a fair amount, so that pulls them down in this form, and obviously you're not elevating them because of stolen bases. It helps their point total, but they're not essential, like they are in Roto Leagues. So Tatis and Acuna aren't quite as valuable in this and in head-to-head points as they are in Roto. But they're still really valuable. They're still... They're still capable of four points per game, you know? They might finish a little shy of that, but they're, they're right in that range. So I, I probably do still take them over a starting pitcher. Uh, I, I think it gets a little easier because if, if it's played out that way, we're here in the middle of round one, and it's played out the three starting pitchers went, and then... Soto, Trout, and Betts in some order. Everybody's following the script, right? Like nobody nobody else has jumped in there and grabbed the fourth starting pitcher. So you're not going to get this... You're, you're a little more hopeful there's not going to be this wild starting pitcher run that boxes you out in round two. I mean, we're talking about picking seventh in round one, right? Now, so we're in round two, that comes out to 18th, 17th. Um. I think there's a good... You, you can feel pretty confident Nola or Giolito will be there. If not, you Darvish, I think. So, yeah, I think I would still go hitter seventh in a, in a points league. And I had the ninth pick in, a, in our head-to-head points mock that we did last week, and Fernando Tatis fell all the way to me at, at pick nine. But Acuna went seventh, Mookie Betts went sixth, Jose Ramirez actually went eighth, Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah, is he I in this discussion? Part of that mix too. Yeah, I was gonna say, is he? Is he in this discussion? Who would you take, Scott, if you're on the board? Jose Ramirez or Trevor Bauer? Those are the the best two players available in a points league. I think Ramirez. The thing you got to remember about Ramirez is he hardly strikes out at all. He mm-hmm. was he was four point three seven points per game last year. He was behind just awesome. Freeman uh, and Soto. Soto and Freeman were number one and two among hitters in points per game, and then Ramirez was third. And like. You know, Ramirez was third, batting only 292. So it's not like he was had some crazy outlier batting average. Um, yeah, I, this is this is something I have yet to decide completely. But I think I include, in addition to Betts and Tatis. I mean, I'm sorry. In addition to Acuna and Tatis in a points league, I include Jose Ramirez. Freddie Freeman, and I think even Christian Yelich. 
among the hitters I would take ahead of Trevor Bauer in a points league. Obviously in a Roto League, but we're talking about a points league here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am with you too. I think if I'm on... I, I have Nola as my SP4, so I wouldn't even be considering Trevor Bauer at, at that point, but mm-hmm. that would be pick 9 or 10. I would I would take Jose Ramirez over whatever pitcher is available and then hope... And I think one of, one of those... You know, between Darvish and, and Nola and Gilito, someone will fall back to you in the second round. And then again, I have that awesome yep. hitter, and I'm just going to load up on uh, on pitchers for the and, next two, at least I would say at least two rounds, maybe even three or four. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and plus the thing to remember too is when you get to round three. So we're we've kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, we're in what we're in the round seven, eight, nine, ten range of a points league right now. Yep. Um. The thing to remember too is not only not only in round two are you still hopeful of getting a Nolan or Giolito or Darvish type, but then in round three, presumably Seager is going to be gone. It's not even going to be an option. I would say since Rendon and since a points league is is the better format for Rendon and Bregman, pretty good chance they're gone too. Um, so it, it's very likely that is the appropriate point to go into the Maeda. Woodruff, maybe Carrasco, class of starting pitcher. It would really depend on whether Bregman or Rendon were still there. I might hold out another round if one of them was still there late in round three uh, and and try to grab my second pitcher in round four and then maybe just draft pitchers round five, six, and seven. You know, once you start getting into that Sandy Alcantara, (laughs) Kevin Gosman group, um, then you're then the you're pretty much run out of good pitchers at that point pitchers you can really count on, so it may not make it all the way to round six or seven, but that's what I'm thinking for uh, for late in round one at a points league. But it's also worth mentioning, Scott, that if you take Jose Ramirez in the first, you're at that point you're not looking at Bregman or Rendon anymore because you don't want to fill your yeah, utility spot. Yeah, probably not. Alrighty, we are going to take a quick break, but do just want to remind you that you can download our Fantasy Baseball Today draft prep guide, which is free, and it is on the site right now. You can find it, cbssports.com slash FBB draft kit, and it has all of our rankings, tiers, strategies. It has a uh, draft tracker. You can write down all your draft picks as they go along. Same thing in a salary cap draft. You can keep track of uh, how much money you have left throughout your salary cap draft. Um, and again, you could find that the link is cbsports.com slash FBB draft kit. And we're going to take a quick break. If you are watching on the video side, don't go anywhere. But if you are listening on the podcast, when we return, we do have some news and notes here on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. 
And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Probably the most interesting thing that I saw, and we'll get back to, to the end of the first round. We'll wrap up the show with, uh, with the end of the first round, what to do there. But the most interesting thing that I saw right before we started, Scott, was that A. Eugenio Suarez will start at shortstop for the Reds on Tuesday. And he does have a history of playing shortstop. I believe the last time he did so was back in 2018. And what they're planning is that Mike Moustakis will slide over to third base and prospect Jonathan India will start at second for the Reds. So what is what is the trickle-down effect here? Obviously, we... I mean, if this is something they're actually considering, we're getting some more eligibility from Suarez. Um, yeah, big and, eligibility. I mean, we talk about shortstop being deep. It's it's really more like it's top-heavy. Yeah. It's... You get into a league of any real size, and it drops off pretty fast. Pretty fast. There's the big 13 we talk about through Dansby Swanson, and then it really drops off after that. Uh, so, you know, adding Suarez to that mix would be huge. Uh, I, I don't know, and I don't think any of anyone on the Reds beat knows how, if, if this is just like, just giving Suarez some looks at shortstop in case, in case it's something they f- fall into in the regular season, or if this is like a plan. But I'm kind of piecing this together here. David Bell, the Reds manager, said Sunday that there were n- no plans to play Jonathan India. Uh, the prospect who's, who's been generating a lot of buzz in camp. It's a third baseman, naturally. I think it was the fifth overall pick a few years back. Yep. Um, no plans to play Jonathan India at shortstop. That's what David Bell said Sunday. So we know it's not going to be India at shortstop. You know, obviously playing Suarez at shortstop, you shift uh, Mustakis back to third base. You play India at second. I know I said he's a natural third baseman, but second is what, what he's been playing most in camp. And, you know, that that takes care of the problem right there. If, if they're looking to find a way to get Jonathan India in the lineup, and it's not like they have great options at shortstop, it's like Kyle Farmer, D. Strange Gordon, like nobody, and like Jose Garcia, they don't think he's ready, clearly, because he's not in the mix even. Uh, it's either go with a bad shortstop offensively or take a defensive hit there with Suarez, but get Jonathan India in the lineup, who's a good OBP guy, Apparently, his power, they, they saw improvement as a power hitter at the alternate site last year, and he's having a big spring. It would be interesting. I certainly like that plan more for fantasy because of the improved eligibility for Suarez. Bustakis is actually lacking third base eligibility right now, so it would be improved eligibility for him. And then you're going to get India up as a late-round flyer, middle infield option, only eligible third base right now, but second base soon enough. I like that plan. If it can't, if that does actually come to pass, the, the next couple of weeks play out, and that becomes more of a certainty, I think India is gonna 
be an interesting late round pick. I'd still prefer like Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies, but India's upside's interesting. Jonathan India, former first round pick. He was the fifth overall pick back in 2018. The minor league numbers have been a little underwhelming for India, but 259 base skills is the main thing. Like yeah. that's just such a good foundational skill that if you start to improve as a hitter, if you start gaining power, which is really, really easy skill to cultivate at the major league level, then you're really onto something. And he runs a little bit. Back in 2019, he had 11 steals along with 11 okay. home runs in the minors. So remember the name, Jonathan India. He is free right now. Um, so just pay attention. Let's stick with the Reds. Apparently, outfielder Shogo Akiyama will be sidelined a few weeks with a hamstring injury. And this is all but assuring he will open the season on the IL, and that should solidify playing time for both Nick Senzel and Jesse Winker early on in the season. So the Reds are an interesting team, some fun there. Nick Senzel, uh, I think he's been rising up draft boards a little bit, but he's still mm-hmm. going super late. 257.2 is the ADP, another former first-round pick. Health has been an issue, bit of a power-speed combination. I like Nick Senzel, so... Yeah, he was among my 12 post-type sleepers, along with Brendan Rodgers, that I wrote about last week. We know he has some speed. It's just how much power, it's kind of a question how much power he's going to provide, because it was a little underwhelming as a rookie in 2019. But there's there's 2020 potential there, and and maybe even helping in batting average. Did you write about Spencer Howard as well, Scott? I did. Well, uh... You might be you might be a bad luck charm then because Spencer Howard was scheduled to throw two innings on Monday against the Yankees, but he was scratched due to back spasms. So that's now Spencer Howard and Brendan Rodgers that you have jinxed. So come on, Scott. Knock it off. I know. I know. A few other players were scratched on Monday. Just pay attention to see what's happening there. Luis Robert it was uh, scratched with a lower abdominal strain. Cattell Marte left Monday's action after being hit by a pitch on his foot. There is no update Yet there, Christian Yelich with the Brewers was scratched from the lineup Monday's game, but he wasn't hurt. So I'm not going to speculate and say automatically it's a COVID situation, but just pay attention. I mean, I, I don't know what reason he was scratched for. Again, that is uh, Christian Yelich. Xander Bogarts has been dealing with a shoulder injury. He could appear in a game at shortstop as soon as Wednesday. So hoping to see Xander Bogarts back healthy. That would definitely help. A's manager Bob Melvin suggested on Sunday that A.J. Puck will be the top candidate to begin the season as the A's fifth starter if Mike Fires, who is dealing with a hip injury, is placed on the injured list. It's not sounding good for Mike Fires right now. So, Scott, we might actually get a spark here in A.J. Puck. We might, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't... They were wanting to preserve his innings and talking about beginning the year in the bullpen, so... I'm still reluctant to get excited about him because I I don't know how long he'll be in the rotation. Like even if he pitches well, I just don't think they want to put those kinds of inning that that kind of inning on that many innings on his arm this year with all the injury problems he's had and with as little as he threw last year. So um, yeah, it's kind of I have a kind of a lukewarm response to this. I guess Puck, very exciting talent. I just don't. Just don't know that you can count on him being an asset for you all year long. Jared Kelnick, top prospect for the Seattle Mariners, is dealing with a knee injury. He will hit again on uh, he hit again today on Monday and should get into a game later in the week. So 
we were high, we were excited about Kelnick, and then he got diagnosed with this knee injury. So hopefully he can get healthy, and, and then I, I still think, assuming he is healthy, that he will be up earlier in the season than later. Uh, so pay attention to that situation. Lorenzo Kane has been dealing with a quad injury. He is scheduled to appear in a game this uh, weekend, this upcoming Saturday. Scott, I just kind of have this feeling that the Brewers are just going to take it easy on Lorenzo Kane all year. Obviously, they have depth now with Jackie Bradley and Avisael Garcia. Christian Yelich is on the team. 35 years old. He's getting up there. I just, I don't think Lorenzo Cain's going to be an everyday player this year. Hmm. You may be right. You yeah. may be right. I, I probably, you know, I don't rank him high. I rank him as like a fifth outfielder in Roto, but I find I'm not enthusiastic about taking him. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, he fits a, he fits a difficult need at that stage of the draft. And then he's likely to be a plus contributor in batting average and stolen bases. But you're you're right that there may be playing time concerns there at his age and with their outfield depth. Uh, players on a tear outside of Corey Seager, who I wanted to mention. <laughs> we already talked about him. Shohei Otani hit two opposite field home runs on Monday off of Michael Lorenzen. The guy is just raking Otani, man. He is fun to watch. Um, I, I don't know if we've talked about this with Otani, but like Joe Madden has talked about getting rid of the rules that used to apply when Otani was a two-way player. Okay, like He wouldn't start as a DH before the day he pitched or after the day he pitched, and so his his chances to contribute as a hitter were limited. Now it sounds like they're just going to play it by ear, like Otani's going to tell him how he's, feel, how he's feeling, uh, which, you know, could mean he's DH- most days he's not pitching, uh, and and that's that's something that I don't think is being accounted for in uh, in drafts. Like even if it doesn't work out for him as a pitcher this year, like there's a good chance he's like a twenty five twenty guy as a hitter. Yeah, I think it, I think that's highly possible. Oh yeah, Otani is awesome, and, and you kind of throw last year out. Because he was obviously dealing with some stuff. Everyone was dealing with some stuff. Yeah. 848 OPS in 2019, 925 OPS in 114 games in 2018. You know, Tani, I like when he's a hitter, when he plays, he's awesome. There is no doubt mm-hmm. about that. It's just uh it's just a matter of him how much is he gonna play? We need volume. We need volume out of him. And and if you play on CBS, if you play in a weekly league, you have to decide every week whether you want to use him as starting pitcher or if you want to use him as a utility bat. So that gives you another decision point every single week. Do you want to have that on your plate? Maybe it's worth it on the upside, but it is something that, you know, if you play in a in a daily lineup league, it's much easier to be excited about him because obviously you could just plug him in everywhere and and, and reap all of the benefits. Uh, again, that is Shohei Otani. Let's go back to our discussion of how to draft from each draft slot. We spoke a little bit more deeper into the first round on head-to-head points leagues. Let's look at if you are towards the back half of the draft in a Roto or a head-to-head categories league, Scott. And assuming that at this point, pick 10 to 12, Shane Bieber's gone, Garrett Cole is gone, Trey Turner is gone. Once you get into that Christian Yelich, Jose Ramirez, Trevor Story range of players, how do you rank those three first in a, in a categories league, Yelich, Ramirez, and Story? And would you be looking to pair them up with uh, one of those starting pitchers early in the second round? So I actually rank Ramirez the lowest of the three. For shame. Partly because he plays third base and I don't want to block myself out of Regman and Rendon. Like that's really the biggest reason for it, I think. Story, you know, I could see him moving, getting moved down and because you're fearful he'll get traded midseason. 
Yelich. I mean, Yelich obviously has the most upside of the three, but it's kind of kind of rough last year with the strikeouts. Um, I go. I think I go. Story Yelich and Ramirez. There has there has yet to be a scenario where I've had to take any of them because it just it just so happens that if I've picked in this range, Bieber's made it there every time, and like I'm obviously not passing up my number one starting pitcher if he's there for them. Um, but that's how I rank them: Story, Yelich, Ramirez. Kind of, I'm kind of leaning Yelich though as we're talking right now. Kind of feeling like Yelich should be who I rank first of those three. Yeah. I've- I feel like I've been more down on Yelich than everyone else this offseason. I, I don't dislike him. I just think when comparing him to these other guys, Ramirez, I really don't have any doubts at this point. I, it was just such a weird year for Yelich. Maybe we should just I get know, rid of it and it's not a big deal. But yeah, the two years prior to that, he was better than almost any best hitter in baseball. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was the best player and, and he stole bases. And yeah, there's a chance that this knee injury that he suffered towards the end of 2019 where he fractured his kneecap, he hit a foul ball off of his knee. There's a chance that that is something that was lingering. Um, he has said openly that he struggled without in-game video last year. This is Christian Yelich we're talking about. So if we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to guys like J.D. Martinez and Javier Baez, there will be in-game video for hitters this season, then we probably should do the same thing for Yelich. And I don't dislike him. It's just, I just, I for some reason, I feel a little bit more confident in the other two. I think they're all really good. I think they can all be potential five-category hitters. Yep. That is yep. Jose Ramirez, Story, and Yelich. And that is the order that I would take them in as well. Um, once you take those guys, you're you're probably looking at a, at a Bauer, a Darvish, Giolito, or Nola in round two. Even even if Freeman falls, right? I mean, you got to get a starting pitcher at that point. Yeah, I think you have to, especially how good those starting pitchers are. Yeah, I, I can't imagine going hitter-hitter in any format. But yeah, especially not, especially not given the caliber of starting pitcher that's sure to be there picking eighth, ninth, tenth, right? Is that what we're talking about? More so just the back ninth, end here. Like, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's give people a little bit more of a bonus here. With uh, say, say you have Ramirez and Bauer on your team. If you're at the three, four turn, are you looking to get to grab one and one, uh, another hitter and another? Starting pitcher, of course, it's dependent on who's there. Well, I have to try and get a pitcher, I think. I would be okay reaching for Maeda as early as round four, Carrasco if it came to that, certainly Woodruff as early as round four. And there are times I've taken Maeda in round three just because of the way the draft was unfolding. I didn't feel confident he'd even make it to me in round four. So you got to get at least one. You got to get at least one. Um, going pitcher pitcher here in round three, four, late round three, early round four in a roto league, you know, maybe taking Maeda and Carrasco. Uh, it would depend who else is there. Would, like, if assuming Bregman, Rendon, Seeger, certainly LeMay, he was probably long gone at this point. Uh, assuming they're all gone, you're talking about the, the hitters you're talking about are Adalberto Mondesi. With Maryfield, maybe like a Marcelo Zuna. That's that's kind of the hitter class we're dipping into. If I already had some steals locked up with Ramirez in round one, or even Yelich or Story, then I I don't think I'd be that tempted by Adalberto Mondesi or Whit Maryfield at the end of round three. I just think I already got a nice head start for steals. There are gonna be chances to get some later. 
I'd rather, I'd rather either go into the starting pitcher scarcity or get like a huge bat, like a Marcelo Zuna at this point. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think you could go wrong with a lot of the hitters that are going in this range. Even uh, Kyle Tucker is going to give you a bit of a, a power speed combination, but Ozuna for sure. If you just want some power, George Springer can give you some pop, not going to hurt your batting average, going to score a lot of runs in the blue Jays lineup. So that's someone that you could look at. I think if I can, if I can pair, if I can get Woodruff or gallon towards the end of round three to pair with whoever I got as my starting pitcher in round two. So if my, if my team started Ramirez Bauer, Gallon, and then somehow if like Merrifield fell, I don't think I would mind that guy. I mean, because then you just have a really nice head start on both batting average and steals, and that affords you the the luxury to take power bats later on that are probably going to hurt mm. your batting average. So I think yeah. that's probably the route that I would go. But I I really don't think there's a wrong answer with taking Ozuna or someone like Springer either. Yeah, I agree. I I it, it's mostly about I wouldn't want to miss out if so we're talking about the round three four turn here right Mm -hmm. if gallon woodruff maeda are there i i i think either with my third pick or more likely fourth pick with maeda i have to take them because i don't know what starting pitcher is going to look like you know 20 picks from now 25 20 22 23 picks from now um and I wouldn't want to miss my chance on an impactful starting pitcher like that. Carrasco, I could maybe push it a little more with him. It depends on it depends on how many pitchers I have at that point. Because I've seen Carrasco fall to five, six. That's happened before. It doesn't always happen, but I've seen it. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I'm not as tempted by Snell or Glass now. I know they they tend to go earlier than some of the pitchers I'm talking about. Lance Lynn, not as tempted by him. That's more. That's more something I don't. I'd consider late round four, early round five in a roto league. Those guys, uh, just depending on need. But, but yeah, I, what what really gets interesting is let's say you went pitcher pitcher, or Freeman pitcher, in round one and two. You got Freeman Bauer. You got Bauer Giolito. Something like that. Then what are you talking about in round three? The end of round three. If Gallon Woodruff still there. Uh, you know, I, I probably would still take one if it was a Freeman in a pitcher, but if it was pitcher, pitcher, probably not. Probably I'm taking an Alberto Mondesi or Whit Merrifield to get some steals because I don't have them yet. And then I'm still probably taking a pitcher in round four, but maybe not. I, if I went pitcher, pitcher, base stealer, uh, then in round four, I might do something like Mondesi. I might do something like Aloy Jimenez if he's still there, you know. Uh, let's see what other hitters tend to be in that range. You know what's fun? If you put together Ozuna and Mondesi, that's kind of just like an awesome five-tool player, right? I mean, you you cover all bases there. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe I mean, not batting average. You're not, you're not accounting for any downside with Ozuna, which you know I, I see him more as a B for batting, a B grade for batting average than an A grade for batting average, like he was last year. Mm-hmm. I think that's fairer to put on him. But obviously, a lot of power, no speed, so. Uh, that could work, but that would only be. I would only pair up Adalberto Mondesi and Ozuna at the three four turn if I went pitcher pitcher in round one. If Correct. I went right Freeman pitcher, then I think I got to get another pitcher here between rounds three and four. 
let's just end with this email that we got from Jet. And I thought it was relevant because we were talking about how to draft from all these different kind of draft picks today. And he said, I had an idea for when you happen to get the 12th pick in a head-to-head points league that I'm pretty sure Mr. White could get behind. I decided to pick one hitter and one pitcher for each ter- on each turn, and I seem to really like my team. I got Freddie Freeman and you Darvish at the 1-2, and then Alex Bregman and Kent Maeda through four rounds. Do you think this strategy is good for points leagues? He also went on to say, I'm just going to keep keep doing that as one hitter and one pitcher for you know until he fills up his, uh, his pitching spots at least. So how would you mm-hmm. feel about that start, Scott, if you did have it in a points league? Freeman, Darvish, Bregman, Maeda. With those specific hitters, I think it's fine because they're both first-round caliber hitters for that format, I, I feel like. Uh, I, I I think I'd go very heavy after pitching after that, uh, basically only drafting them until all the good ones are gone. I also would be reluctant to go into the draft with this plan in mind because you don't know how everyone else is going to behave. Sometimes in these head-to-head points leagues, pitchers get pushed way, way, way up. So that... And, and like, that's... I know sometimes there's this zig while everyone else zags approach showing, oh, well, I'll just take all the great hitters you guys are passing up. But I just don't think you can do that at starting pitchers because once all the good pitchers are gone, they're gone. and You're you're not going to have a chance to fill that position with a quality option again. I'm telling, so I'm I, telling I, Chris, I think, telling Chris that you're talking bad about him, Scott. <laughs> so if, yeah, I, I would not want to get left out of a starting pitcher run. I would rather lead the run than than miss it. We are going to wrap there, but I do just want to remind everyone that if you want to come hang out and watch our live Roto salary cap draft tomorrow, you can do so. We're going to start a little bit earlier than we usually do, 7 p.m. Eastern time, because it's probably going to take somewhere between four and five hours. We are not going to broadcast the entire thing, but somewhere between 60 and 120 minutes. Hopefully keep it to like an hour and a half of what we're actually broadcasting. But it's going to be crazy because I'm going to be trying to make bids. These guys are going to have to talk while I'm making bids. It's going to be intense. Adam Azer will not be on the podcast, but he will be part of tomorrow's salary cap draft. So we can rip apart his team and that'll be a lot of fun as well. So uh, for Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.